Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you're new to this podcast, stick around, listen, and become a regular. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. Joining me in studio today is my Sunday drinking buddy and fellow artist, my good friend, the man himself, Paul Ramey. If we're talking about art, shouldn't it be beverage instead of beverage? I don't know. It could be a beverage. I like that better. I think it <laughs> makes the sound start over. I want you to start over. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again, man. All right. Halloween's over, dude. Is it? It's, yeah, today's, it's a- we're recording this for everybody listening. We are recording this on the Day of the Dead. All Saints Day. I'm not Catholic or anything, but you know. When you do as much theatrical stuff as in your everyday life, I guess, <laughs> Halloween don't have quite the it hit that you see. I didn't even really dress up yesterday. I put a mask on. Yeah. I performed a wedding. I guess well, I did perform a wedding. That is kind of cool. So, uh, how are you doing today? Though? I'm doing good. You, I'm doing good. You restful? Did the time I, change get Time you? change got me a little yeah. bit weird, so... Me too. I'm hungry, too. irritated. I'm, I'm interested to get some of this beer down, even Let's though you do know that. I hate beer. Crack that open. Look how cool this is. Crack that open while we talk about it. I, I pre-gamed it with everybody on Instagram. and uh, It's got people impaled. It does. It's called Vlad. It is a really tasty Royal Dogs. Russian Imperial Stout. Um, made by difference between a, a regular Imperial Stout and a Russian Imperial Stout? That is a good question. I don't think I've ever seen an Imperial Stout not have the Russian part in the beginning of it. Well, then what, you know. I don't know. I, All right, we'll find out. We'll talk about it for our next episode. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's made by Royal Docks Brewing Company, and they are um, in Canton, Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a, it's an Ohio brew. 13.1% alcohol oh, by volume. Darker than hell, man. You cannot see nothing through this. Black. Black like the soul of Dracula himself. My, the soul of my ex-wife. Oh, nice. Uh, 74 international bitterness units. So I don't expect you to like it. <laughs> Just don't toss it out. <laughs> well, I didn't pour a whole lot in there because I know that somebody likes to finish the... Yeah, I'll, I will finish it. I will. All right, here we go. All down right. the hatch. Impale yourself there. So we'll see. He's got. He's got... He's not sure about it. I think his little black soul likes it too. <laughs> I'm starting to acquire a taste. I think, you are, a you bit. are. Yeah. Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> it really is terrible, but but it is. It's in, it's got an interesting flavor for it, the for the beer drinkers who are listening. Um, <laughs> it did get exceptional at Beer Advocate, so it's got a 91 or 90 at Beer Advocate. Uh, score so it, it is really good. <laughs> I did drink, you know. I well, but, how much I pour in this little cup here? What? Yeah, you're chasing with a chasing with a Hershey's almond, dark chocolate almond. See what you think of that because it pairs really well with chocolate. All Russian imperial stouts do, in my opinion. What about non-Russian imperial stouts? I don't. I really don't know. I don't know. I think a regular imperial stout mm-hmm. just, you know. Like I had, I'll, I'll say this before we get too far into this, and everybody's probably like, "Well, I'll you pissed me off already." And then we, what, what are we? Three minutes in this? <laughs> right. We are. We're about three minutes into it. Do you like it? I mean, really, with the chocolate? Can you? Is it help? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> like on the scale of, 
of terrible beers. Yeah. It's interesting enough to where if that was, if that didn't get cold, if that didn't get warm on me. Yeah. I could drink that. Oh, okay. Well, it should be served at 42 degrees according to the can. Um, and How it, cold is that? Uh, I don't think that's cold. Not enough. like mine. You can try mine. It's too warm. Okay. If it's warmer than what I just had, I don't want it. It is warmer. I, it's been sitting here for about 20 minutes. Yeah, but it, it's it's got a very interesting flavor. If you're in the really thick, dark beers, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think it's delicious. Myself. <laughs> it's definitely, it's got some flavor for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got a nice booziness to it, but it's still uh, roasted almonds, uh, chocolatey. Yeah, there's something there. I like it. It's it's really got a nice, nice flavor. I'd keep a, a sixer of that in the fridge just to have yeah. when one of my beer snobs came over and like, hey. Uh, <laughs> what do you suppose the purpose of a beer like this is? I mean, why why would you need a beer this big, right? Why Why would you need, why? I don't know. That's a good question. Why do you need beer at all? Well, the czar wanted it. That's what gives it its name, the Russian Imperial Stout. The style, the czar of Russia went to Arthur Guinness and said, can you make that with more alcohol and bigger? And Arthur Guinness, Sir Arthur Guinness decided, yeah, I can do that. So he did. And that's where we have the style, Russian Imperial Stout. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It gets the, the moniker Imperial implies higher alcohol by volume. So that could be the answer. A Russian imperial stout, maybe instead of just being between eight and 12, maybe it's over 12. I don't know. 12 or over. I don't know. I suppose if you've used, uh, if it was stronger, then you'd, you would waste less water to get the same effects. If you got to drink three beers to get you buzzed, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're wasting a lot of water back yeah. then when you, if you could do it in, in one beer. Well, it's very expensive to make a high alcohol by volume beer because there's there's so many other ingredients that have to build up that sugar level uh-huh. to make convert to alcohol. So it, it's not cheap. That's why your, your bigger beers are more money when you go to buy them in the store. I don't buy them. So I wouldn't know the price of them. This, this one's actually fairly inexpensive here in Ohio. It was $12 for a four pack. Well, that's a lot of money. Well, it's, if you're into Bud Light, it's like a 12 pack. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you're looking for the buzz, you know, some of us don't always Some do people it. actually like Bud Light. I know you're yeah, a hater, but... I, yeah, I don't, don't really like it. I don't like it either. If I had to pick between drinking Bud Light or this Vlad, I would choke this one down. Yeah. So we never did answer the question, what would be the purpose of a beer like this? I, I told you what the purpose was. I didn't really get that out of you. <laughs> Just to get you... To get, get you, you there quicker. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, that's whiskey and wine. Because it is about the same as wine in terms of, 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 of is this, power. Is it rhetorical or do you know the answer to this? I, I don't. It is rhetorical. And it, it leads to the agenda of, of the day. What um, is the agenda? Because I have the, no clue. The agenda, the, the agenda, the agenda of, the, of the day is a Japanese, kind of a, kind of a Japanese concept called Ikigai. You ever heard of it? I think we might have mentioned it on the show once before, but. Yeah, it's been buried deep, and I kind of wanted to bring it out and actually apply it to the arts. It's when the guy falls in the sewer, and you go, "Man, that's an icky guy!" <laughs> yeah, right? We're talking about a Vlad and all the yeah. all all the Saxons that he impaled are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, icky guy. That yeah. rings. I think when you when you remind me, I will say yes. I remember that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it mean it's a Japanese concept, which means uh, uh, 
See, I can't even do it we today, have man. a time change, man. Sorry, I know. This is our time change. I know. Everybody our action-packed like, next episode. Oh, you should have heard me talking on Instagram today. I was all over the place trying to do live shows and Twitch. I started Twitch for crying out loud. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's that going? I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I like that uh, drawing you did. Or, uh, I, yeah. I like I'm, I want that. How much is that? Yeah, I'll buy that off of you, maybe. Oh, we'll talk about it after after the show. I think it's kick-ass. All right. Uh, I'm going to color it first. Uh-huh. I have to I have to make it in color because I want to I want to do that. It's part of my thing. All right, I'm looking for my notes. And I just I have a brain fart now. I don't know where I put my notes. Well, you <laughs> were talking about icky guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a Japanese concept meaning a reason for being. Oh. Right. So that's that's the whole idea of why I brought it up. So um, think of uh, four circles, right? Like a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And you got four circles. And this to me right here, as we were talking about it in the pre-show on Instagram, I realized this is going to be a hard concept to talk about when it's a visual aid that we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I want everybody at home listening, you know, if you're riding in your car, don't, don't stop don't and fall asleep. Don't crash. You shouldn't be drinking anyway. If you're Why? driving your car, I had a truck driver tell me that the other day. He's like, what? dude, I want to listen to your show so bad, but I drive my truck. I can't drink and drive. <laughs> like you can have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We should, as much as you like coffee, we should do a coffee episode. We should. But you don't like coffee. I don't like beer. Can that we, hasn't stopped everything. Can we spike it? <laughs> you know, we could branch in. That We've talked about having yeah, some other guests on yeah. the show that don't drink. We yeah. could branch off and have some specials where we drink. You know, what What other beverages? Well, my, my friend Jonesy, she was in the uh, Instagram feed today. She's having chamomile. See? See? It's tea. That's, that's something to talk about. What other drinks also bring people together? Like, yeah. you know, because alcohol is a, a social and creative yeah, lubricant. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's other, there's other drinks that is a social and creative lubricant. Yeah. We should I, explore I think, that. Honestly, the whole idea of the show is for us to just sit down over a drink and discuss a topic in a lounge yeah. feel. A couple yeah. of creatives talking about creative shit, right? Right. All right. So, again, think about four circles mm-hmm. and they're overlapping and, and they overlap like a Venn diagram mm-hmm. and the four circles are what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for and what you're good at. Wow. So if you take those four things, yep. you know, write them down if you have to, but you take those four things and you start really plugging into what you are as an artist. I'm trying to relate this to being art. So maybe you love painting, maybe you love music, maybe you love sculpting. That's the idea, right? Uh-huh. And then what the world's need, what the world needs. So I think personally as an artist, I think the world needs art. So I think we can kind of put that aside and say, okay, there's there it is, but maybe you need to think about what kind of art if you if you choose sculpting as what you love, what kind of sculptures does the world need right now? Think about that. And that's kind of subjective. It is. It's, this is all very subjective. I mean, it's a concept, right? Well, not all of it because what you're good at is kind of not, it's not so subjective. I guess people, people think they're good at something and, and they're not maybe, but and that is true. And, and your version of good might, might, might be different than someone else's version of good. But yeah. at the same time, that is something, if you're good at something, there is some quantifiers so yes. I, more so than, well, the world needs this. Yeah. Sometimes the world don't, don't know what it needs till it gets it. I mean, we didn't know exactly. we needed touch screens and yeah, and yeah. Now we do need it. <laughs> you know, Wi-Fi everywhere and yeah. You know. Well, then you move into what you could be paid for. 
So again, using the sculptor as the example here, say they're, they love it. They know what kind of sculpture the world needs in their own opinion. And then they know they can get paid for it. Maybe they can't do the big David size sculpture, right? Like Michelangelo did. That's huge. It costs a lot of money, I'm sure, for somebody to buy that. Maybe you're better off doing smaller sculptures that still the world needs, but they're more affordable and it would actually sustain your 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 uh, needs. Right. Right. And then you move into the final of the four quadrants, and it's what you're good at. So if you're not good at doing rabbits, as far as sculpting rabbits, don't sculpt rabbits. Find something you're good at sculpting and go there. So you put all this together, right? That's that's the basics. That That's the outer layer what of the that's onion. That's what the world needs, though. What if the world needs rabbits? But if you're not good at it, you can't have a icky, icky guy. Why well, can't? Well, can because it all has to be equally together, pushed into the center. We're going to get to the center of this in a minute. Right now, we're on the outer layer of the onion. But but is it? If the world needs sculptures of rabbits, and you can make money making sculptures of the rabbits, mm-hmm. and but and you're, you're not good at it. Can you make yourself good at it? Is that worth doing? That's a good point. Because I, I, you say you can't draw. I say I can help you learn how to draw. Yeah, I think you're a goddamn liar. <laughs> I think everybody can learn. I just do. And you can get good at it. Just like guitar. You had to learn. You, you weren't good at I it never, when you picked it up. I'm still not good at it. Well, I'm that's good enough. Yeah, you're probably right there. I'm just good enough. <laughs> I'm, Anyway, anyway. All right, I'm sorry. I've the, derailed the conversation. Okay, we're back yeah. to this Vin Diesel uh, thing. <laughs> Venn diagram. So the next layer of this onion before you get into icky guy is passion, mission, vocation, profession. Okay? All right. So if you overlap love, uh, doing what you love and what you're good at, you've got passion. Okay? All right. If you overlap what you love with what the world needs, that's mission. If you overlap what the world needs with what you can be paid for, that's obviously a vocation. And if you overlap what you're good at and what you can be paid for, that's a profession. Okay? So again, you want all of them within this Venn diagram, four circles together. So now if you are doing what you love, what the world needs, what you can get paid for, and what you're good at, you should have just by what it is, you should have passion, you should have mission, you should have vocation, and it should be a profession. Interesting. Now, what's interesting about this, though, is let's say you only have three things. And this, this is where I see it happening to artists the most. Because we, have, we struggle with getting paid for what we do. I think right. we talked about this in the last episode. We're not plumbers, right? It's, it's not... I mean, if you used a plumber analogy on this instead of the sculptor it's real easy because the world needs to have clean pipes right right <laughs> um and it's easy to see the there is a i mean i know there's a benefit but to the lay person there's not a a, a plumber comes unclogs the drain drain is not clogged you've paid the plumber mm-hmm. the plumber has been paid for his work right and he leaves there is a there is a uh it's a bit, non-luxury item Right, and there's evidence of something that has been done. You spend 25 hours on a painting, mm-hmm. not to mention the work of getting your supplies, the work of scouting your location, the setting it all up so you can paint it, right. all the hours you have into this thing, 
and you give it to them, nobody sees any of that. All they say, oh, that's a cool picture to hang up on the, right. you know, somebody that truly loves art and understands right. all that, understands what goes into it. But at the same token, you don't see that with the plumber either. You don't see the schooling, the apprenticeships, the the fact he had to load his truck up, had to have the right stuff, had to spend money on this. But it doesn't matter because he performed a task and you paid him for it and his skill mm-hmm. allowed him to do this and this and this. You've seen that. You got the benefit from it. Art just hits you different. And I, I think either you get it or you don't. It's kind of hard to explain that for somebody that didn't. It is doesn't love it either, even if they don't realize it. You can kind of explain it to somebody that loves it, don't understand why, but somebody just don't get it. I, I think it's very rare that you you can make somebody get that. Yeah, yeah, and I think the way this the way this diagram is laid out too, it makes it a little bit easier. I, I I'm visualizing it much better than what I'm sure anybody listening is able to do right now. Um, the plumber might be good at it, and the world needs it. And he knows he can get paid for it. So he's in the bottom half of this icky guy Venn diagram. Creatives, I find, are in the upper half. We might be good at it. We love it. And the world might need it. But we can't get paid for it very well. Right. So that's where passion and mission are at the top. Profession and vocation are at the bottom of that that, that, that Venn diagram kind of thing. And I'm going to put this in the Discord server for everybody who goes to Mike's Lounge and, and does all that. You can find the link to that to our, on our website. So um, I'll share it there and put it in there and I'll be happy to, to discuss it even further because I think this can really be dissected heavily and it might even help some artist try to decide what should I be doing. Right. You know, because uh, they, they may, I mean, like I say, you love what you do, you might be good at it, but how do you know if anybody needs it? How do you know if you can get paid for it? You know, and you just, you kind of got to work at that. So let me go a step further into this and find some gray areas in this because uh, the diagram I'm looking at at does a really good job of, of kind of breaking it down. Let's say you do know what, you know, it's your art. Think of your art for a second. Uh It's what you can be paid for. So you've already defined that. And um, it's what you're good at. So you've already defined that and you've defined what you love. So like in my case, I'm a painter. I'm going to use me as the guinea pig here. I love painting. I know I can get paid to do certain kinds of painting, right? And I know I'm good at it. But maybe nobody needs it. Okay? Maybe that particular artwork is like not something that the world really feels like they need. Like think deviant art for a second, because oh, yeah. that, that's that's a that's a culture in and of itself, mm-hmm. and the mainstream really acts like they don't need it. In fact, a lot of them don't want it. So, this artist who may be really good at something may not be able to reach the the payment level they need because it's not a highly needed type thing. So you only got those three things, right? But the somebody that really connects to that is very needed. True. But let's, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Right. So you got what you love, you got what you're good at, and you got what, you can, what you're paid for, but um, the world acts like they don't need it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this often happens when new art movements happen. So when Cubism first came in, like with Picasso, and he was doing his thing, the world didn't, they weren't ready for it yet. They didn't need it. They wanted his old style. Right? 
So we had passion and profession. And what falls into this, and this is what's really important to say, he had satisfaction, but he had a feeling of useful uh, uselessness. I, I can't say he did for sure. But according to Ikigai, that's what the artist would have. Mm-hmm. They're very satisfied in their product and what they do, their purpose. But they may have a feeling of uselessness because the world doesn't need it. And there's actually four of these in here. You've got that. I, uh, again, I could keep repeating these over and over, but um, these, these little areas are very close to the center of this Venn diagram. So if you have three out of four things, you're going to kind of fall short. You're going to have these negative things that show up in your reason for being. Mm-hmm. That's the important part of getting all four areas figured out. So let me try to answer this the best way I can because I fall short at what I could be paid for. That's as an artist, I think that's the biggest thing most of us face, but I face, I face it terribly. Uh, it's one of the things keeping me from being able to do this, uh, as my entire income. Mm -hmm. So for me, I love painting. I still struggle with if the world needs it or not. And I'm talking about my painting, not if they need art. So, uh, on Twitch, as I'm working on Twitch, uh, for those not familiar with what Twitch is, it's a live streaming service. A lot of gamers use it. Um, music is starting to come in to Twitch. It's all live stream stuff. Uh, artists have been using it to do drawings live. It's a lot of fun. It's a great little community. Um, the art I do there and what a lot of people do there may not necessarily be anything that the mainstream wants. Right. Uh-huh. So like the art I did, um, Oh, the Immortan Joe from the movie, uh, Mad Fury Max, Road. Fury Road. Yes. Um, I love doing it. I have fun with it. Is that going to fly at the higher end gallery? No, <laughs> not at all. It's, it's a derivative work. It's not original. It's me copying something, you know, might a little bit too might look too much like a comic you know this could be me just thinking out of my ass i don't know <laughs> there may be art galleries that want that kind of stuff too but i don't know where they are so i feel like i'm good at it i still struggle with if the world needs it and i love it so the the trouble i'm having is i have delight and fullness but no wealth from it I also have satisfaction, but I also feel a little bit of uselessness because it's my art isn't needed as much as I want it to be needed. Make, make sense? It does. So you really kind of have to look at yourself as an artist when you're looking at this, this uh, Venn diagram and thinking of your reason for being. I, I think the, I, the concept of Icky Guy is a really good concept. Yeah, I do too. I think it's something you can really use to break it down and just really ask yourself questions and hone. It's like a funnel effect, right? You're, you're funneling everything you're good at and every attribute of your creative life can be funneled down that way until you finally find your purpose. And that's, that's the whole point of the the diagram. Man, I think we just wrapped it up. (laughs) Hey, stay tuned next time. No, I, I, I just, after hearing me babble for so long, what, what are you getting out of this? 
Well, I think it. I think it can be useless, useful to for a uh, somebody to look at that, see where they're at, see where they're trying to go. Maybe it can help them steer them maybe in a in the right direction if they look at this stuff honestly. But it also it also shows you sometimes it don't matter if you're getting to me if you're getting satisfaction out of it and you're good at it and you have a you have a job other than art. I, the rest of that stuff don't really matter to me as much. Um, because I went through that in the nineties, there was what I was good at, what I was capable, what 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 I like to do, and what the world needed, and none of that worked. The world, you know, they wanted mm-hmm. they wanted bar bands, and right. I could have made money doing that, and I wasn't really good at that kind of thing, and I didn't want to learn how to do that kind of thing. So instead of instead of working part time and and playing music every weekend, I decided to do what I wanted to do satisfaction rather than money so i think sometimes that can mm-hmm. that can play into it i don't think that uh I, I don't think that that's a hard and fast rule all that stuff coming together but like i said i think it can help you because maybe there is some avenues that people haven't really looked at or mm-hmm. there's some i mean we talked about last week different revenue streams that we don't really exploit that we could as artists and right. in different ways to, to uh, market ourselves, market art, um, get our name out there, whatnot. I don't think that we're, there's a lot more than just posting things on Facebook and hoping people see it. Um, and I think that back, back in the day, we used to be a lot more um, proactive with that kind of thing, mailing lists and hitting the pavement, being, being active in the community. And, I think that the access with the internet, I think it's made us lazy as artists because we just, well, we'll just put posts out here and see if we get a hundred yeah. likes and we'll yeah. go on with it. We become so, overshare type people. Yeah. Cause, and like we said, again, the show, the world don't, I mean, I get it. Yeah. It's certain markets. There's going to be things, you know, uh, um, paintings of, of cover bridges is going to be real big in certain areas and, and, uh, photographs of, um, old barns is going to be big in certain areas. Mm-hmm. I get that. And, and if you want to play to your strengths in your market, that's totally fine. But if you really hate doing that and you want to take pictures of, of your whole identity is taking pictures of groundhogs right as they're popping out of the hole, and that's what gives you satisfaction, then as long as your kids aren't going hungry because that's the only thing you're worried about, yeah, yeah. then who gives a fuck? Well, I also think there, there's multiple reasons for being. I don't know. This is why I disagree with the Japanese concept a little bit. This assumes you're going to do one thing. And, and I know we always have that concept of do one thing, do it well, and you'll be known for that. And that's a total uh, Japanese thing. But yeah, they, you yeah. spend your whole life just perfecting that. Yeah. And, and I, can, I can respect that. But what if, what if you supplement one of these main four things, you know, love, need, paid for, good at, you know, what if you take one of those four things and in the case of the artist, maybe you just go off and find a vocation because the world needs it and you can get paid for it. So you just kind of do that as a second thing to help feed your your love and what you're good at so that your passion can still be your passion and you don't really need the money anymore. Right. Right. 
So there's a little bit of a compounded, convoluted little mix mashup of multiple icky guys. I understand that. What do you think about the, I mean, we talk a lot of musicians, they supplement their, their, um, being able to play and, and stuff with either working in radio, uh, giving guitar lessons, giving music lessons, mm-hmm. uh, being sound guys, music store guys, music store. Yeah. Um, it's a way to stay kind of in involved in what you love, but, but it's not what, what you're trying to do. And I think that's a great thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Also think there's also something to be said for doing the opposite doing keeping that totally separate doing finding something that that you like or you love that is opposite of your art so that you can you can keep those things separate i think that there it depends on the person depends on the artist i think you can do that that's like if if you're an architect and you're or you're uh, um, uh, somebody makes a lot of drafts and that sort of thing and you're drawing these kind of things you're drawing blueprints um and then you come home I don't think that I think a lot of that has sapped your because you're using some of the same muscle. I don't think a lot, a lot of people that are in that field are going to come home and then do some still life or or right. impressionist kind of stuff. Right. I, I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure there are people that do that, and they and they're like, yeah, well, I've been practicing all day. I'm I'm still I'm using the same tools, so that gets me warmed up for later. I'm sure there's some that that say that. Yeah. And I'm sure other ones that just sapped them. If I sat around and taught somebody how to play bass all day, last thing I'm going to want to do is sit home with the bass and jam. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. me. So. Yeah. Oh, I can see that too. And I think that's why a lot of creatives go down a path where they think, okay, I can get paid for this. The world needs it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a degree in graphic design. Right. And I'll do that. And then when I get home, I'll paint. I, I think that's why we have a lot of people like that. Right. Really, and I'm sure that works for tons of people, but I'm sure. Uh, oh yeah, it's got to wear them out. That, it's got to wear them out. You know, your your creative cup starts clean in the morning, and you're full. Yeah. By the time you get home, there may not be anything left. You know, <laughs> cup's empty. I I don't want to do anything. I got to mow the grass. I gotta I gotta take out the garbage. You and know, look at this computer screen. For yeah, yeah, nine exactly. Hours already. Exactly. I can see that. That's why I feel a little bit fortunate that I'm in a factory. And I do something that's totally against what I do. However, with that being said, I hate that phrase, but with that said, <laughs> I have to say, it's also like a big rusty lever for me sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to flip that switch, man. Sometimes you, you just, you know, you get your head into one thing and then it's like, oh, I, what, what happened to my creativity? Where did it go? This, this idea I had, it's gone, right. you know? And you're pulling on that fucking rusty lever and you're just like, you can't get it. You know, it's there. You're pulling. You got it. Oh, it's not going to go. Crap. All right. I'll go to bed and I'll go back to work tomorrow. And, and that's, that sucks. This is where I think if, if you're making your living at what you love, you've got it made really. But you, I, I need to, extrapolate what's in my head on this a little bit better. I think, I think if you can get all four of these things together, it's, it's genuine. It, it's what you're after. And this is the hard part for all of us to understand as creatives because we're missing something all the time as creatives. 
because we're not good at the business side of things, generally speaking. No. Um, the passion and the mission, that's usually pretty easy for us to find. But the profession and the vocation is not so easy. And that's, that's really the whole point of this entire episode is really to get people thinking about, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I really doing the art justice? Am I, am I making myself happy or not? And, you know. You think Jackson Pollock sat there and he thought, well, I'm not good at it, but the world needs it and I can make money doing it. So he did it. Not, and it not this way, but I can tell you somewhere along the line, he thought, I'm not good at this. So I'm going to do that. I love doing this. I hate doing that. Hey, I can make money from this. Who knew this? And that's what ended up making him what he was. I don't think he meant to do it. I think it was a little bit of an accident there. I don't know. Or maybe he was trying to paint something totally different and he just wasn't good at it. He didn't realize it. Yeah. (laughs) Could be. I mean, I looked at, I've studied Picasso quite a bit and he was a fantastic painter. Really. Um, but he was getting pissed off with art school. You know, why do this? Everybody's already done it. The world doesn't need what they already have. Think of it that way. Right. Uh, he loved to paint. He was good at it. He knew what the world needed. They needed something different. And he knew that was going to be enough of a shock to the system that he might be able to get paid for it. And I think that's what led to his passion, his mission, his vocation, profession as the Picasso we know. I really do. I believe that. It worked. He found his purpose. Just because he was doing what he did. And I, I don't agree with it. I don't like thinking that, you know, there is a there is a little bit of a sellout thing that happens here that we all talk about as creatives. Believe in that. I don't I don't. I don't think I don't think the word sellout is or the phrase sellout is used properly. Um, we think of it as a negative. You know, at, at some level though, if you do want to get paid for your work, you're going to have to do what people want to pay for. Right. So if that's selling out, then by all means sell out. Is it negative? No. But if you, if you lose what you're good at, lose what you love and you have no passion for it, eventually that's as, as, yeah, as the, diagram has has shown it points to what you're getting paid for you've got good needs and paid what happens is you're comfortable but you have a feeling of emptiness so if you feel empty doing what you're doing but you're making money you're a sellout <laughs> see how easy that was yeah. i don't know I, i'm not trying to make light of anything i'm just saying this is a tough subject for a lot of artists it's hard for me to talk about because i lack severely in what I can get paid for. I think most artists do. Um, you know, I, I want a comfortable living. I don't want to scrape. Right. At all. That's, that's my biggest thing. I saw one of my CDs uh, is on eBay for $46. Hmm. And I'm thinking, well, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> we, sold that for, we sold that for 12. Uh, is it out of print? Can you get it anymore? Well, I guess not. I mean, I guess we could print them up if we wanted to. But <laughs> so you go in there and add a comment. Yeah, you can buy this for me for five bucks. Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's bizarre. It's just bizarre to think of. Yeah, it is. 
I've seen some of my art on eBay. It it, it kind of got me in the feels. It it was a lot less than what I sold it for. You well, know? that's their fault. Yeah, it is. But it was like see, that's the yeah. opposite feeling for me. I'm thinking, well, I want that money. Yeah, I mean, it was a print. It wasn't the original, but right. still, it was like, dude, really? Probably got it. Grandma died or something, you know, and you didn't like it because it wasn't your style of art, and you just put it on eBay try to get rid of it. It's a poster. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right? Isn't that all art though? Eventually, you got to find the right, the right people, and that's the thing. You just got to find. It's like your, a car. Your, it's like know. a. It's like a. It's like a guitar. It's like a. It's like a song. It's. It's uh, a. <laughs> I'm doing a little grab hand at the can here. Oh, that didn't sound good, does it? Yeah, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Huh? I just, as Paul's talking, I'm like, uh, hand me that, hand me that beer over there. At the end of the day, <laughs> everything is what is, it's worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. But, yeah. But more so than that, I don't like that analogy as much. It's worth what it means to somebody else. And yeah. Yeah. So. If, if they can feel your passion, your mission, you know, and they, they respect your, Profession and vocation. All right. And somebody yeah. wants to pay $63 for, for $43, <laughs> whatever it was for yeah. a millennia CD. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I feel like that we undersold yeah. our CDs than back in 2000. <laughs> so you really didn't like his beer? I, I, um, I could um, drink it again. I for a dark beer. Yes. I, I, I did not hate it a lot. I just hated it a little <laughs> You did bit. not hate it a lot. <laughs> I could choke that down if I had to, and it was cold. No, that's good. You could choke it down. I I understand. I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, I've drank a lot of uh, dark beer in here, and it mostly sucks. It tastes <laughs> like leaves. <laughs> I don't like. Do you think living forever, like Vlad? Mm-hmm. I should say Dracula. You know what that means, by the way? Dragon, son of the dragon. Son of the son of the dragon. Yeah. Uh, his his father was Dracul. Um. So and he's. Dracula, which is the the way they would say son of. Mm-hmm. If you put a dot in there and call it Dr. Acula, then it's a doctor. Uh, a blood doctor. In- interesting. Didn't know that. And backwards, it's all card. <laughs> You're just going way too From, many different directions yeah. for me now. No um, Castlevania fans? Castlevania? Anyone? All right. anyway. does, does this really answer why we make stuff, though? I mean, why why do artists make art? Why do we do it? Does it does it really follow Icky Guy? Do we do we look at that concept and I mean obviously we don't obsess over it like I'm doing in this episode, but I really want to know why. I want to I want to answer that question before we let this go. Without thinking too hard about it, at the end of the day, we all want to. It is there is an immortality there. I wish that I could have that song and be like Hendrix or uh, uh. Van Halen or, yeah. you know, not... You not are the undead that. artist like Vlad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those artists are going to live forever. Uh, you know, John Bonham lives forever. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. And that's... You know, artists want to make a, make their mark and they want to touch people in either in a positive way or, or a negative way. I mean, you are trying to... You are trying to touch people. Right. And... There's a component of that immortality thing. At least for me, I mean, I know that when I die, that there will be, there will, there are some people that are younger than me that will still remember some of our shows, mm-hmm. different bands I've been in, mm-hmm. and some of my music. But my music's not going to live on like, like Hendrix or Janis Joplin or some of these. But you can't know that yet. 
Because you're not there yet. No, but I, I'm just saying it's. Well, it's they're pretty, normal people too. In their mind, they were normal. They had. Think about it for a second. But they had reached a level of success and and popularity where they knew that they had made their mark at least. Yeah, yeah, you, you know. yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'm just I'll trying, give it I'm, that. I'm not trying to downplay what I am, but I'm also trying to be realistic at this level. I'm a I'm a mid level artist and mm-hmm. a and a you know mid level market playing and, music. And I know? think most of our listeners are in the same boat. And and we all have all of us have to remember the greats at one time had the same mental thought processes that we do today at, at our levels. You know, everybody starts at the beginning. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody ends at fame and fortune and legacy. You just don't. Right? Right. I mean, even if you're born into it, you're not going to finish just because somebody before you left you that name. Right. But Metallica, they know that they've they've made their mark. Um, they know that true. They can go, they go to sleep at night knowing that they don't wake up. That no one's ever going to forget what they've done and and what they've influenced. And I mean, we've talked about artists in the, in the past. And I'm sure you will know names of them off the top of your head. But I mean, there's artists that died penniless, mm-hmm. and their artist their art was discovered later on. And yeah, is it possible that you know I've got quite a quite a catalog of music that's out there? And uh, is it possible? And 30 years that the next the next Metallica or the next Nickelback will be looking through uh, music and discover one of my songs be like, man, I'd like to cover that tune. And they cover it and that leads some people down the hole to kind of discover who this you know, little artist from Chillicothe was. Yeah, that that's cool to think about, but I don't know that's going to happen. These guys, Mick Jagger knows that's going to happen. You know, he he knows he's never going to be forgotten. You know, uh, I think that, you know, Buddy Holly probably had some idea that he had made a mark in, in music, but mm-hmm. probably didn't realize how much, you right. know, Elvis, Elvis knew he had made a mark. I mean, yeah. we're still talking about, about that today. Well, on the edge of that too, and since, since Vlad is part of our, our show today, we're, we're drinking Vlad. Um, I'm sure most people have heard of the book, Dracula, Bram Stoker, mm-hmm. uh, Bram Stoker, believe it or not, didn't make much money off of that book. Um, in fact, the last year of his life, he was so poor, had to petition for a compassionate grant from the Lord, uh, the Royal Literary Fund. So, wow. you know, pretty tough. Uh, I'm reading here, so give and me a Dracula's second. Dracula's the most famous vampire to ever it, exactly. be thought of. It, it led, that book alone, led to the entire vampire phenom that we have today, right? I mean, it's just, it's insane. Look at how much stuff has come out of that. Uh, great movies, some bad, but a lot of great movies, and all very artistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, his widow was forced to sell uh, his notes and outlines for the novel at a Sotheby's auction in 1913. They were later purchased for a little over two pounds. Wow. Yeah, that sucks, man. Can you imagine that? That's an investment. That is an investment. So it's, it's, uh, you know, maybe my daughter will sell my songs for $5 someday and then <laughs> right, be, right. be something. Yeah. I mean, if you found any kind of success as an artist, I mean, if you're listening to this and, and you found any, any level of success, I mean, you got to think about the people that came ahead of you and, and realize we all struggle. Every artist struggles. And personally, I think that struggle is what makes you 
achieve greatness. If if the whole if if the entire mountain's easy to get over, it's not really a mountain, then is it? No. It's it's more of a hill. What kind of success is that? If everyone could do mm-hmm. it, then everybody would do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think we've reached the end of the show where I do last call. So I need to get my notes up here so that I can ask you them funky last questions. Call. Yes. This is the rapid fire question. Rapid fire. Questions, I should say. Give it to me. Where we give everybody time to finish the drink that they have Except in hand. For our truck driving buddy. Yeah, yeah. Drink, yeah if you're water. drinking, if you're driving that truck today, just just calm the fuck down. Don't be drinking, right? Mm-hmm. All right. They say success is built on failure. What failures have you in your creative life leveled you off in a way that basically said it helped you? That's a long question. Then the way I said that, I had some. I've had some bad auditions mm. early, early on, mm-hmm. where I've, I've showed up one, where I've showed up and I've totally been out of my depth. Yeah, and uh, um, clearly was the the least with it guy there. So that kind of that that shaped a lot of my later on as far not just being prepared, but knowing what I'm good at and sticking with that instead yeah. of trying to be something I'm not. Yeah, and I then get not that. getting intimidated. I've been. I, I was at an audition where a guy pulled out a bass and started playing, and realized he could play circles around me, and I just left. I was, I was very young, and uh, I ended up getting the gig. He didn't because even though he could play like crazy, he couldn't. He couldn't just play. Yeah, you know. So yeah, he was technically it, great, but not. It was good. pretty pretty good lesson. Yeah, interesting. What is the most useful tool? you have as an artist um what can't you live without i'm i'm reading these so bad i'm not in my head space well not counting the the little bit you drank this is it <laughs> what tool can i can't i live without well i mean i guess you'd say your ears but um but that's not just for the hearing it's my biggest tool and why i have <laughs> So my biggest tool, yeah. It's not on me. Spoiler. No, it's uh it's being able to listen and and rough bounce things off of people. Um that's why I'm not not a very prolific songwriter on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at hearing what you're doing and hearing that and yeah. then hearing what I think. The think improv. The improv yeah. thing. There's the word I'm looking for and I cannot find it. Um Alan, Alan Alda talks about that a little bit in improv when he's talking about acting. Yeah. And he's saying a really good actor is good at reflecting what the other actor is doing yeah. so that the two of them or the actors in the room all just are bigger than and anyone. And that's, that's what good musicians, that's what they do. When, exactly. When I, hear, when I hear the drummer get a little heavy on the hi-hat here a couple times, oh, I feel it. It's coming up. Something's coming. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, when, when I'm doing a run and I, I hear the drummer start to kind of branch out on the toms kind of matching me that's like, oh, I'm gonna do that again coming up because this, this is gonna work we're having a conversation mm-hmm. and and that's your biggest tool is so being able to listen being able to react and not just not you're not just acting it's not it's not three guys or four guys that are all saying dialogue yeah it's it's four guys having a conversation yeah 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 and so that that's You're totally it. My ability to uh, to listen and to react. Yeah, 
the way I see it, the way I heard what you were saying, your your most useful tool is your ability to empathize with the music. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. If you had enough money to come... <laughs> All right. I got to redo that one. Come on. Yeah. Paul, I think I've just been impaled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Glazing over. If I had enough yeah, money yeah. for what? If you had enough money to comfortably support yourself. Breast implants. <laughs> what would you do with the rest of your life? Other than breast implants. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's easy. I would travel and, and I would make music and I would, um, I would try to help other local artists. Um, you know, kind of the same kind of stuff I do now, but on a small, terrible, yeah. terribly small level. Yeah, I want to just, I want to travel and make music. So taking this full circle, what you just said, I'm thinking icky guy, right? You take, you take the money out of it because you're already, that's already covered. You would find a way to make your passion, your mission, and just kind of yeah. do what you're good at, do what you love, and give back. That's it. That's all See we all want. See how easy it is? Just that's like, all you just do, like his brother, Icky Woods, I would do the shuffle. <laughs> icky guy. Any bass player? That's Buddy a guy. Yeah, buddy guy's a guitar player. Yeah, that's why I play bass. That's where I did. You're not Buddy no, guy. I don't really? think so. Really? Buddy guy? Yeah, I swear I saw him play bass. With it, maybe with like Chuck Berry or something. Steve Ray Vaughan. No. Really? I wouldn't think so. Well, he who was, was that guy? He was a guy. His name was Guy. I swear his name was Buddy Guy. Uh, dub, the bass player from Double Trouble is... No, that's um, not him. He, this guy stepped in. He was on Austin City Limits one day, and he was like, hey, let's bring up Buddy Guy. He'll come in. He just sat there and played. I swear. I swear I, it's well, a thing. Well, that's possible. I swear. That's maybe, possible. Maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead and look at that. I will. Prove me wrong. Is Rapid Fire done? Yeah. Are we done with Rapid It's fire? on my show, so go ahead and just call me out on it. Well, no. I'm just... <laughs> I'm curious. Buddy I'm having guy. a lot of fun here. I really am, because this, this whole... When, when I start asking why, the philosopher in me comes out, and I just want to... I want to know. I want to know, you know, I want to get down. I want to dig deep and <sighs> just figure it out, man. I just do. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're going to call it. You, you want to find the answer first? I'm trying to. Okay. But it don't. Uh, it so if you're listening at home while he's looking for this, what's your favorite beer? <laughs> what do you like to drink? I want to know. Leave us a comment. You think anyone's going to drink this this uh, Vlad on your uh, on your recommendation? Oh yeah, I'm sure of it. Somebody will. Somebody will find it. We got to get a hold of people at Royal Docks too. Let them know we did this. It's it's a good. I like it. That's Steve Ray Vaughan and Buddy Guy Jam at Legends in 1989, but it don't say. That's the one. <laughs> Touche. Tommy Shannon was the bass player. From, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember Tommy. Um, Not that I know Tommy. I'm just, I remember him in the band. I don't say anything about Buddy Guy playing bass. So. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Yeah, it was good. It was good, good, good show. All right, well. Okay. I promise, it was. But, All right. All right. Did we, did we answer any questions for people at home? Really? If you got something out of this episode, I really want to hear about it. I want to know. We're We're kind of, we're, we're, we're ending the show kind of somber and I'm just trying to find something here. <laughs> I'm not somber. <laughs> uh, all right. That's the end of the show, Paul. 
And uh, if you have any footage of Buddy Guy playing bass with Stevie Ray Vaughan, please send it to yeah, yeah, please. Michael Voth. <laughs> All right. Share this episode with your friends. Subscribe if you are not already. It does help us and it helps the show improve. Uh, we get noticed a little bit more. We get more people listening. And uh, I'd love for you to leave us a review. That always helps us too. Good or bad, I like to know what you think. I know we have some things we can improve on. Everybody can. I'm thankful you shared your time with us, and I hope you become a regular. Paul, thank you for dropping in and have a drink and talk with me about art. Oh, no, thank you. Did you learn anything about the icky guy? I did. I learned about <laughs> yeah. I learned about icky guy and uh, his football playing brother and Vin Diesel <laughs> and grass and charts. I'm pretty excited. I do want to say because I didn't I didn't say this clearly enough. Say it. Uh, for those of you listening who are not part of my Discord server, you can join the Discord server if you go to uh, allwalksofart.simplecast.com. There is an invite link there. Uh, also, if you want to look us up for yourself on the internet. Icky guy is actually spelled I K I G A I. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. It's it's pronounced Icky guy. Um, but do that. Go out and look for things. You know, answer these questions for yourself. You know, really get in there and do it. Do your thing. That's all I got, man. That's it. I shouldn't have had them pizza rolls before we did this. It's really that's terrible. going to go on your tombstone. Turn me out. That's I know. <laughs> I'm, gonna get some I'm not going to be buried. Some they're they're going to they're going to burn me and put my ashes out somewhere, or they're going to put me in a boat and burn me. Like Th- my does Viking anybody offer that? that? I think that would be a, if a funeral home actually offered that had like a, something to do. Dude, with I'd like pay, a big I'd lake. pay fifty grand for that. Seriously, I would. Is that we should look into that? That yeah. could be a business we could do. That would be a great business. Look what we just did. The 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 heathen burial. Just, yeah. Go that Push route. them out of Ross Lake and <laughs> Ross shoot Lake. them with a cannon. And- <laughs> well, you'd, you'd be in a fiery arrow. Is anybody listening? Or the the mic's still on? Everything's still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. Look, a lot of this conversation today, <laughs> it was just like it was just like a couple guys just having having a conversation with E and just chilling. Yeah. And now we're just Spike now D. we're loosened up. I'm really loose. Oh, I know. You're gonna you're gonna have to quit pre-gaming quite so so hard, probably. I know. I'm gonna pick a different. Different booze. For Water it down a little bit. I do have. What you got? For later. <laughs> oh, look at that. They they call. I know beer before liquor makes you sicker. I get it. I get it. I is get that it. any good? This is delicious. I haven't had, I haven't opened this bottle yet, but it, I've had it before. It's the Jim Beam Black Extra Aged Bourbon. I had some Jim Beam bread. This is so good. It's it's got it's a uh, world's highest rated bourbon. Really? I want to yeah. drink of that at some point. So don't um, drink it all. Save me a little capful. I won't drink it all today. Uh, this is 86 proof, so it's got a, a nice hug to it, as they say. And I have to, I, I just have to preface this with every Sunday, um, Jim Beam does a uh, porch session on their um, Instagram feed. Now, I'm on there all the time. So if you see all walks of art popping in here and waving and saying hello and asking questions, that's me. That's me doing my thing. And I'm usually drinking along with the show. So we do these recordings, you know, and I do the pregame for us and then right. I do the recording and then. So you're pretty much drunk all Sundays. I am. Yeah. My, my liver light comes, my, my liver light comes on. Check liver light. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> all right. That's all I got, man. That's all. That's really all I got. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse be Thursday. Paul. 
You got something to say? No. All right. I'm, I'm happy. All right, Have too. a good one, Mike. It's good. Have see a good you, one, See you in a couple weeks. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs>